body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Reiner Dosich, joined alongside Jacob Stinson and Jacob Phillips. Gentlemen, the bye week is gone. We got a huge series coming up. It's number 15 MSU versus number 2 Minnesota. But before we dive into that, how you guys doing on this fine Wednesday evening? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's a busy week for sure. Um, was it? Fun story I actually have because I kind of want to share this. Happened to me earlier today. Uh, I was at the gym. Um and there was this guy that came into the uh, group fitness room or whatever, which is where I stretch before, you know, I actually start lifting and stuff because, you know, not pulling a hammy in the middle of a squat. Why would I? Uh, but so this guy walks in in, the, in this room where I'm at with like 20 other people in it still all stretching and doing their thing. Uh, walks in, turns off the lights. Um, and then like walks up to the little stage where... where in like where the instructor would normally be during her class. Um, like goes up to the mirror in the front on that stage, just like takes his shirt off, starts like flexing for like a minute straight. Uh, and just look, checking himself out and then just leaves after that. <laughs> what? It was so weird, man. I don't, <laughs> did anybody acknowledge him or was everyone just like, I'm just going to be on my own. And no one, to my no music. one said anything to him in the moment, but it was like a minute straight of this dude just like flexing in the mirror. Um, and then leaving, he turned the lights back on before he left. But like we were, and like, but like after he okay. left, we were all kind of just looking at each other, like what just happened? Um, a collective confusion in the room. But like you know, honestly, you know, the more I think about it, I kind of respect it. It was kind of a power move, honestly. Yeah. I, I I I aspire to that level of just like of just not caring that that man had. That is so, true. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to man from Crunch. I actually kind of have a similar story. It happened to me yesterday. Um, Tuesdays, I've got class at seven at night and I walk into the classroom and the lights are off. You know, I walk in, I turn the lights on, I sit down, turns out some, and it's in um, Wells Hall. And if you know anything, like those classrooms kind of have a little alcove where you can hang up jackets or something. Someone was sitting in that little alcove where you can't be seen from the door with the lights off. And they're like, oh, do you have class in here? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like the, just awkward. Yes. There's yeah. so many people that'll just like see an open classroom and just go and use it as like, you know, a study room. And then it's like, hey, we have class in here now. Peace out. <laughs> like, sorry, not sorry, so, you know. <laughs> behind the mask stories to tell in the dark. Uh, we got many more stories to tell. But the story that we're going to be telling is how MSU is going to fare against Minnesota on the road. It's number 15 versus number two. Back when they faced early in December, it was all Minnesota in Mun Ice Arena. It was a 5-0 victory on Friday and then a 6-3 victory on Saturday. So, of course, MSU got swept. Minnesota, like I said, sitting at number two in the USCHO poll. They're 18-7-1 overall and then 12-3-1 in the Big Ten, which is insanely impressive given how uh, how just uh, every Big Ten pretty much has been beating up on each other, every Big Ten team rather. So yeah, we got a we got a big preview here. So uh, gentlemen, let's just jump right into it. What's going on? Uh, first, I want to take a second and just appreciate that transition you had right there. Yes, thank you, uh, thank you. It was a beautiful segue. But still, yeah, I mean, going back to Minnesota though, they're just on another level. That's kind of the whole thing. Is like they're just so good, man. I don't even know. They're, they're at the end of the day, you can get into all the numbers and whatever you can, whatever advanced stats you want to try and pull out to give context to it. But they're just they're just on another level talent wise. There's not really like any true weaknesses with the team. They're so deep, um, really well coached. A lot of high end talent on the, in that forward core. A lot of high end talent on defense. Uh, I don't even know really. This it's just there's not much else to really to say. The the in depth analysis in depth analysis is just they're, they're good. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you, yeah. Like I said. You can try it. You can contextualize it with all the numbers in the world, but you know, it's still Minnesota. the yeah. The story still is the same. I, I, when we fill out the brackets for the uh, NCAA tournament later on, I'll probably have Minnesota going at least to the Frozen Four, if not the final, if not winning it. Just 
that's how confident I am in them. This yeah, year. everyone's favorite pick on this podcast before uh, is just lost two straight last weekend. Talking about Quinnipiac. Okay, I'm like, hmm? I'm like Minnesota didn't. No, <laughs> Minnesota hasn't. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite season. team for number one last year uh, lost last weekend uh, to Cornell and Colgate. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't say. So now they're eighteen three and three on the year. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say. Oh, so not eighteen one and three anymore. Eighteen three and three. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Quebec. I don't know if Quinnipiac was really ever right. like my number one, but you were talking about them for a while. No, you I were the to biggest Quebec proponent for no, a while. I just wanted to pick them because they were on a roll. No, you were talking for a while about like, oh, they need to be number one. Rank them. Put them number one. True. No, I want Minnesota number one. Now, honestly, I, would, I want yes. Minnesota. I, I, we were talking a while about how Denver didn't deserve it to be number one, which I still agree with. They never did. I didn't, yeah, and that showed this last past weekend against St. Cloud State, and what they swept them. Yeah, seven three two zero. St. Cloud owned them up and down the ice. And speaking yep. of them, that's the new number one team is St. Cloud. Congratulations for that exact Huskies. reason. Yep. For the exact reason of they just owned Denver for two straight games. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that series was? Herb Brooks Arena in at St. Cloud. Okay, so at least St. Cloud had the home advantage, and that's why they swept. But you know. I still would have put Minnesota up there, but that's just me. What is? I don't know. Big Ten bias. Saint Cloud. Saint Cloud has a nice record, but um, I don't know. But then again, Minnesota has a bit tougher schedule, so it's kind of. I think they're on pretty much the same level, honestly. Well, and Minnesota coming off of two uh, consecutive overtime games, one win, one loss to Michigan, banger of a series. Too. Saint, yes. Saint Cloud and Minnesota also played each other beginning of uh, beginning of January. They what did a little that? home and home, and they split uh, three nothing in Minneapolis, and then two uh, one St. Cloud in overtime at St. Cloud. Okay, or no, sorry, other way around. First oh. game, the St. Cloud win was yeah was three nothing in St. Cloud, and then two one overtime or two one Minnesota win in Minneapolis. I would guess the other way. Yeah, but my bad. Maybe that's why they are number one. Instead of number two this week. I don't know. Well, uh, bringing it back to the preview, yeah, Minnesota's stacked. It's it's going to be tough for Michigan State. I mean, like I said, Michigan State has seen this team early in December, so not too, too long ago. And the talent gap was apparent. Michigan State just made made too many little mistakes that Minnesota was able to exploit hugely because of that talent and basically skated down the ice and get a great A chance on St. Cyr every time the puck was turned over. But it's going to be... It's going to be tough for Michigan State, but two things to look at, two big things definitely to keep your eye on is what the roster is going to look like, what the starting lineup is going to look like for MSU. We have no confirmation. Uh, Unfortunately, we couldn't get any uh, good questions and media availability on it, but Nash House coming off injury, possibility of coming back, obviously, bye week last week, and, uh, and then Penn State the week before that he was out. So it's been two weeks now. He could make a comeback. I did see him skating in practice. But, That's good. Um, okay. Any yeah, like different color jersey or anything? Not that I remember seeing. Okay. That's um, that is a good sign. That's a positive sign. But um yeah, I mean he was there, but I don't that doesn't really mean all that much for this weekend. No. So no, nothing confirmed yet, but it is a But he does have the extra bye weeks worth of rest as well. So yes. that, that would help. If I had to put money on it, this is with no intel at all, I would say he will play the series because if he is in any condition to skate, game skate, like they they need him for they this do. series. Michigan State yeah. does need him for the series. Oh yeah, yeah, they need a hundred percent strength to get a win out of this series in Minnesota. It's if there's going to be a series that Nash needs to be back, it's this one. They they will need him back. Yeah, and then somebody else on the lineup that missed the last series against Penn State, not for injury, but just for. Uh, how do we want to frame it just for like accountability and performance is kind of the go. terminology that I've heard uh, thrown around a lot. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't want to, I don't know too any real specifics on the situation, so I'm not going to get like into any details with it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm talking about uh, Jesse Tucker um, who scored the first goal of that Minnesota series for Michigan state. The only goal. No, they scored three in that game. Oh, okay. Uh, Tucker just scored the first one. Okay. That was kind of the storyline for that one was the second game because they basically been shut out for five periods that weekend. Um, And they finally played pretty well and won that third period. 
Um, yeah, that, something I asked. that six period out of six on the weekend, that was the one period where they actually looked, looked good. good. The yeah. rest, the other five out of six, they were well, completely so, oh, outclassed. Well, so that's something I asked, uh, I asked Nico Mueller and media availability this week. And that was kind of his like, uh, point that he was making with it was like, yeah, that was, uh, you know, it kind of shows you, it's like, you know, that we can hang with these guys. We just have to make sure we're doing it for a full 60 minutes both nights, mm-hmm. um, which is the tough part. But um, yeah, I think that, that was kind of the main thing. But so I don't know, because yeah, ending that series on a semi-positive note, I remember in the press conference after that game, Nightingale was pretty um, like strangely optimistic after a 6-3 loss. Um, talk, just talking about the way his team closed out that game, he thought, was good and that showed a little bit of extra compete in him and the guys, which I would agree with. But yeah, if it if it wasn't for that sixth period out of that series, you're going you're, you're walking away nothing. going like, wow, MSU or just, just got their doors blown off them, which they did, but they responded in that last period in the second game, so it gave you hope. It's like okay, it's like it's kind of like a, a rematch. They'll have a chance next time. Yeah, I mean Minnesota's obviously a very good team, but it's a, yeah, I mean it kind of shows you a little bit of like you know what you got to do now. You you know you can at least hang with them. Um, for a while, so yeah, they can do that more consistently, then they'll be fine. But going back to Jesse Tucker, I was thinking of the Ohio State series is the one where oh, yeah, he yeah. was yes. the one that scored he was the, the only, only goal, goal score, yeah. Yeah, 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 and then he got scratched the following weekend. Yeah, I, I messed up the the series, but yeah, because that's kind of that was the one series that really looked similar to that Minnesota series, at least in terms of box score and when you're kind of comparing performance, because you know, shut out through, you know, with five of the six periods on the, uh, that weekend. So Jesse Tucker able to perform pretty well in terms of goal scoring in both those series, at least compared to the rest of the team. But, uh, yeah, healthy scratch. Yeah. I would be surprised if Tucker isn't back this week. I don't know though. I, I would be surprised personally, but I don't so, yeah, I don't know either. So In my, my thing, mind is 50-50. My thing with this, the reason I wouldn't be surprised to see him still out of the lineup this weekend is um so first you have to take into account it hinges on Neenhaus a little bit. Yeah. Because bit, if yeah. Neenhaus is back, then that means MSU is gonna go back to running seven defensemen, so Hertz, which means Herchick is gonna get pushed back to the seventh defenseman mm-hmm. where he's been for most of the year. And then Nolan out. Yeah, so and then for the forward group, you're going to take Ryan Nolan out, and but I don't think Tucker takes anybody's spot. Realist right now, I'm not sure he takes anybody's spot in that forward group because that line that he would be at or the group he'd be playing with, I think his line this year has been Kelly and um, Shouty mm-hmm. has been the line he's been playing with. But um, I believe that currently the way the lines are situated were last week, I believe that role was taken by Miro. Muga. Yes. Yeah, I got it pulled up right now. Yeah, because they kind of because they did a little bit of flip flopping, moving Davidson up, um, or no, Middendorf, I think one of the two, whatever. Um, but so they did that. So the way the line's constructed now, that third line is currently Jalen, Dubinsky, and Best, mm-hmm. which is a line I really like right now. Yeah, I, I think works really well together. And Best has been able to get into the lineup because Tucker's been out. Yes. Mo- yeah. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But Best has been playing really well. And I think yeah. that gr- that line works really well together. Mm-hmm. And that line is really good defensively, which is what I think is going to be most important against Minnesota. True. So if you're playing this matchup-wise, too, I personally, if I were Nightingale, just based off of what each player brings to the table, I don't think I'd want to break up that line of Jalen, Dubinsky, and Best. Because I think that line is going to be one of your better ones. Because I was saying this last week, I believe. Um, it's like they're a very like defensively sound line, and they don't really make many mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get good chances too, offensively. Yeah, which is something that I think is going to be important against Minnesota. I think about this ironically now in hindsight because uh, there was in that in that last Minnesota series uh, there was a two the two on zero with Logan Cooley and Jimmy Snuggerud. If you remember that, that happened because of a Jalen turnover. But you happens know, to anybody on the line. It does. I just yeah. think it's ironic. But no, still overall, looking at the whole body of work, um, they're still very good defensively, and that's a. I think that's a group that I want to keep in the lineup. That's the in-depth analysis right there. That behind the mask offers you. I I did not think of that at all. That is that is actually genius because yeah, the Gavin Best 
uh, Zach Dubinsky and Justin Jalen line has been playing very well, and they are good defensively sound. Mm-hmm. Jesse Tucker, uh, he's had some holes in his game here or there. It hasn't been too consistent. So it, it would make sense for him to come back off the bye week, off of the uh, getting scratched against Penn State. But the fact that you brought those points up, I, I'm I'm kind of swayed. I, I would rather keep that best Dubinsky-Jalen line out and connected instead of putting Tucker back in and then a little bit of lineup shuffle will have to happen. That's just my own thoughts right now. I don't know anything. Uh, this is just my own, like, what I would do if I were Nightingale based off this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tucker will find his way back into the lineup eventually. It's just a situation right now. Uh, if you're, you're just playing this based off matchups, honestly. Um I wouldn't, if I'm realistically thinking about this, I think the next time we'll see Tucker in the lineup is going to be not this weekend, but the weekend after against Notre Dame. Um, because I think that's going to be a good time for, you know, just playing matchup wise once again, you know, with the defense and whatever I just talked about. Um, and the way that the, that, that third line has been playing, I don't think you want to break that up right now. You got to ride the high end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's at least my, that's just my take on it. Yeah, I think, Really, the spot he's going for would uh, pending Nash Neenhouse returning. I think that's the biggest thing because if if Nash Neenhouse is still out because of injury, then they definitely have got the roster flexibility to potentially put Jesse Tucker in at least as an extra uh, extra skater on forwards. Mm. But Gavin Best really has been playing like every game could be the last, and it's really showing that he's putting in a lot of work. It's really a tough spot. Jesse Tucker would have to really put in a lot of work in practice to show Nightingale that, yeah, he should be back on that line. And, I mean, who knows? I mean, it very well could happen. Uh, I didn't get eyes on practice this week, so uh, it's Coach Nightingale's decision, but, you know, that's just some of the things to consider. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm I'm definitely going to have my eyes open on Twitter for that lineup because, unfortunately, we're not traveling there. We're not. We don't really have don't much have, coverage for We don't you guys. have the budget to go to Minneapolis. Yeah, this that's weekend. that's a long drive for uh for us from East Lansing and uh we uh we can't pull that off sadly. Wish we could. Wish we don't we could got we don't got that play. kind of funding. Nah. I, I wish though. But uh, anything else on the, the preview side of this? Um, not really. I mean yeah. I've talked I've already spit all that length about this whole lineup thing, so I mean, and as far as Minnesota goes, like I said, Minnesota good. With your analysis. Yeah, MSU is going to have to do a lot of things right. And before I start talking about that, I'll segue into this. It's the blank wins if segment. Stency, Michigan State will pull out a double two on this weekend if they do what? Uh, shoot, my bad. I did. <laughs> uh, we'll, 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 we'll bleep that in post. For the first swear on BTM history. I think that's the season. Uh, Everybody that, gets one. We'll, we'll fix that in I'll, post. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll mark that down. Where are we I don't even know. I don't care if we actually fix it in post. Whatever. <laughs> um, hold on. What was I saying? So I didn't. I didn't think about this ahead of time. Uh, I think the most important thing that I noticed last time out against Minnesota that is really going to be key for Michigan State this weekend. They need to get bodies in front of the net. That's the thing. Uh, Take the vision away from close. Not even that necessarily. Like oh. yes, that's a big part of it. But what I noticed a lot was Michigan State couldn't really get anything to the inside just because of the way Minnesota's defense was. Um, like, anytime they tried, like, a centering pass, if, like, Joshua or someone like that found his way in front, um, Minnesota's, like, defense was really good with, like, with the stick checking and, like, you know, lifting the stick on uh, when the puck would come into the lane uh, and things like that. They really wouldn't let any shots in close, at close even. Uh that's good, yeah. But that's the thing I noticed. And that's, you know, where you're going to get your goals. Michigan State especially, the way they play. That's where you're going to get your goals. Um, and Minnesota is one of the teams that, may, like, does a really good job of taking that away. So it's all going to be that that net front battle um, as to who I think is really going to come out on top in this one. Michigan State will win if they do what, Phillips? I'm going to kind of go a little bit different and looking more towards this past Penn State series two weekends ago, one of the things that I wish I saw more from this Michigan State team was better accuracy in shots and just overall better chances from some distance because it's no secret Michigan State can score 
up close. I mean, Jagger Joshua has the most goals out of any Michigan State skater for a reason. But I think one thing I looked at this week while Michigan State was on bye, when Minnesota was playing Michigan, some of the best goals to come and just make it past Justin Close were from distance, and they were just really well-placed, really well-timed, just kind of throwing him off, making him move a little bit first, making, uh, you know, getting the goalie to kind of show his hand. And I think that's something Michigan State really hasn't shown, and it's certainly not their strength. I just think it's Justin Close's weakness. And that's just what I saw from this past weekend. I think if Michigan State could work on that and really take advantage of that and kind of introduce a little bit of a new gameplay style in this series and really surprise Minnesota, I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to take one. For me, and this is going to be a little bit long-winded, I may go off on a tangent and lose my thought, train of thought. But... Already did it once, fam. Go ahead. <laughs> but um, it's going to be... MSU has to watch how aggressive they are on the forecheck and the rush. There were multiple times last series where Michigan State, they, and something that they did well coming into that series was how how joined their rush was and how good their forecheck was. What I mean by that is Michigan State isn't super overly aggressive on the forecheck. They don't go crazy, but... Once they get that puck into the zone, the way they rush in, usually some some of their defenders will step up in the attack, and they'll be able to fill fill the open spots, open gaps when needed. When they did that against Minnesota, they were not watching their backs well enough, and the defensive ability of Minnesota, they were able to break up so many plays right across the blue line, maybe the first pass right when Michigan State got in the offensive zone. They were able to do that very often, and because Michigan State was very far in on the forecheck and fully in on the rush as a team, Minnesota was able to steal that puck easily, take it down the ice and get grade A chances. There were multiple two on O's, a, a breakaway or two, and just a lot of odd man chances that Minnesota got just because a good stick check, good stick in the lane, disrupted the play, and they were back the other way with speed. So for Michigan State, you really got to watch how aggressive you are on the forecheck and on the rush as a team. And uh, another thing that I said is watch watch the film of the last series of MSU versus Minnesota and see where the errors happen. There were a lot of errors that could have been avoided. And I think if MSU does their work in the film room and thinks diligently on the rush, they will be able to clean up those mistakes and have a lot more even of a game. Did that make sense guys? A little bit. Okay. I, I was going <laughs> to uh, you kind of took a little bit of what I was going to say for my Minnesota wins if part, but um, it's fine um, for me, at least if we're just going to transition to that now, um, what I was going to say for what Minnesota needs to do to win is if Minnesota is going to win, they're going to do it in transition. Um, if I think back to that game, um, if I'm, yeah, if I'm thinking back to that game, it's uh, a lot of those goals came from, uh, sorry, my phone is going off in my pocket. I'm getting distracted. Um, so, no, a lot of those goals, though, came like in transition off Michigan State turnovers. I think because what we talked about it earlier, I think, right? The, uh, yeah, the, the Snuggerud and Cooley 2 on 0. A lot of them, there was one, like a lot of stretch passes and things like that, where Michigan, or not, uh, Michigan State kind of got caught behind. Uh, and Minnesota was able to get out in front and, you know, get some odd man rushes and some, you know, uneven looks at Dylan St. Cyr. Uh, and so I think that's really going to be where Minnesota will make their bread if they're going to win this, I think, is in transition, making MSU pay for turnovers again, like they did last time around. That's that, that's the recipe for success, I think, for them. Minnesota will win if they do what, Phillips? It's all about speed. It is all about speed. Minnesota, last time they played Michigan State, outskated the heck out of them. It was just plain and obvious and one of the things that Michigan State's defense really suffered from in terms of Penn in, in the last Penn State series, and there was improvement, but they just they weren't fast enough. There were times when they let Penn State easily kind of get a, a quick rush on them and open up scoring, and Minnesota is just going to do that all day. And I think Minnesota, if they can just not get slowed down at all, Especially, I mean, they're on the Olympic sheet for this game. So they're just going to 
I just think they're going to have to skate circles around Michigan State. It's it's very much what I see happening. For me, Minnesota's going to win if they take the game that they played against Michigan State on their ice and translate it to their home ice. I'm going to talk about how Minnesota played very well defensively in the neutral zone, and right as Michigan State crossed the blue line, Minnesota played great defense in those two areas. They were able to clog the neutral zone so Michigan State couldn't get a clean look over the blue line, and then when Michigan State did get a clean look over the blue line, the defenders were playing not high up on the blue line, but the the combination of the defenders a little bit up and the forwards a little bit more back on that blue line was just it it gave MSU fits that whole entire series. So for Minnesota, just play play your game defensively, translate it back to your home ice, and Miss, Michigan State is going to have a hard time to uh, to beat that recipe there. So yeah, as the that's the blank wins if, and uh, since we we don't really have a a series to uh, to recap, we uh, we decided to throw some other stuff at you this podcast so we're going to talk about how msu will most likely finish what place they'll finish in the big 10 and possibly who they may face against in the big 10 tournament and how are they how are they going to host a big 10 tournament series like there, there's a lot of things to talk about i wish we got a beautiful graphic here i wish we could show you guys but uh for michigan state i'll just i'll give you guys the percentages and sorry it's gonna be a lot of numbers i wish i could hand you this photo and say, here, look at this. But for right now, Michigan State is sitting fourth in the Big Ten. They To to get first place in the Big Ten, there's pretty much no chance. It's less than 1%. That's not going to happen. To finish second, they have an 8% chance, which, in my opinion, that's also not going to happen. But they control their destiny with an 18% chance to get third, 24% chance to get fourth. Both of those will be hosting a Big Ten tournament series in Mon Ice Arena. And then they also have a 27% chance to get fifth, 22% chance for sixth, and then a 1% chance for seventh. So Michigan State's going to fall between three or six. It's just going to be interesting how it all plays out. Best part about this uh, is Michigan State is, uh, there's a 99% chance, so knock on wood, uh, that they do not finish in last in the Big Ten again. That is huge. Which they've finished last, Lord. I think, five out of the last six years. And the only finish was that one was, they did was they, one year they finished six. Yep. The only finish that wasn't seventh out of those five or six years, I forget. I think it's five, not six, was sixth place instead of seventh. So this is, yeah, this is a huge year for Michigan State. They could host, they have gosh dang near a 50% chance, actually, not that close, of hosting a Big Ten tournament game, which. I'll, I'll just uh, re-up on the, the Big Ten tournament rules because they're they're a little bit weird. Uh, the first place team in the Big Ten, most likely going to be Minnesota. They have a 93% chance to finish in first. They'll get a bye week, so it'll be the number two, three, four seeds host a best-of-three series at the end of the season, obviously, March 3rd through 5th. Those two, three, four seeds hosting will take on five, six, and seventh, respectively. So two will take on seven, three will take on six, four will take on five, and uh, whoever wins goes to goes on to the next round, which is not a best of three series, a best of one single elimination where the uh, higher seeded team will host, and then once again moving on to another best of one. So that's that's basically like the rundown of the Big Ten tournament. So for Michigan State, they are eyeing that number three and number four slot, which they have an eighteen percent chance at three and a twenty four percent chance at four. Like I said, it's gonna it's gonna be tough to get there, but that is what they're eyeing. Okay, so I'm doing my research now. So the um, so the Big Ten has existed now. This is the ninth season, I believe. That the Big Ten's been around. Sounds about right. Yeah. First season was 2013. Big Ten, Big Ten hockey. Yeah, Big Ten hockey. Yes. Um, but uh, first season was 2013, 2014. So, yeah, nine years. Um, out of those seasons, there has been only one of those seasons that Michigan State has not finished either. Or has not finished either last nor second to last in the conference. Only one, you said? One season. Oh, geez. 2014-15, they finished second. Hmm. But every other year has been either um, last or second to last. It's rotated between six, or between like fifth, sixth, or seventh, because uh, Notre Dame didn't join until like four years in. Hmm. But that's a different thing, different story. So 
right now, I'll, I'll update the, the Big Ten standings for you guys as well to get a good picture. Minnesota sitting in first. I, I'm locking them up as the first seed. They there. Are. If you're going back to your little graphic yeah. that you were talking about, they have a 93% chance to win it. Yeah, they got 37 points in the conference. The number two team is, well, tied for second, Ohio State and Penn State, both with 27. So that's a 10-point gap. That's hard to make up in the Big Ten, especially still, with like four weeks of Big Ten play to go. Still the wild part for me, going back to this little graphic thing, is uh, the odds of where they're predicting Michigan. Ooh, yeah. Michigan really is such a that. wild card, though, because all these odds realistically have them finishing anywhere oh, wow. from second to sixth. Yeah, they have it's 17% a, chance it's for all, second. Yeah, it all hovers around, around 20%. 20 for yeah. most of them, and then back down to 18% for sixth, and then 2% for seventh. So well, they, and one of the issues... They could go anywhere. They could. Second through seventh. Michigan and Wisconsin are still down two games on every other Big Ten team, so they've, they've still got some points to make up. The weird the, the weird part, though, mathematically, still a chance Wisco could pull off the Big Ten. Just saying. <laughs> mathematically really? possible. What, yeah, it's probably a point zero zero one percent chance, but it is oh, there. More, it more decimal points than that. Point zero 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 one percent. Yeah, yeah. infinitely. That's crazy chance. that they're not mathematically eliminated from fin- finishing first in the Big Ten. They <laughs> obviously have to win out, and Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State probably have to lose out. Yeah, probably. But uh, that's never going to happen. Out. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I don't pay attention to the math. But uh, rounding out the Big Ten as a whole, Michigan State sitting in fourth. Like I said, Ohio State and Penn State tied at second, so Michigan State gets bumped down to fourth. They have 24 points in the conference, so they're three behind from Ohio State and Penn State tied at second. Uh, Notre Dame follows Michigan State at fifth with 20 points. Sixth place is Michigan with 18, and then Wisconsin seventh with nine points. So who do you guys want to see Michigan State versus in the Big Ten tournament. We'll probably talk about this in length in other pods, but just who do you want to see? You want to see the so, matchup against? Uh, it really depends, honestly. I think if we're talking realistically here, uh, I think a good team to see them host in the standings and a realistic one would be Notre Dame. Because if the season ended right now, then that would mean that you would host a playoff game at Mun. Yeah. Uh, which is the more important thing. And then if that were to have finish now, that means that MSU as the four seed would play the five seed, which is Notre Dame. Uh, but, you know, just for funsies, um, the the real wish list one, if we're hoping, I think we all know the answer, uh, would be if the five and six seed do a little flip-flopping before the end of the season and you get Michigan, Michigan State at Munn for the first round of playoffs. That would be absolutely that would be electric. bonkers. That would be electric. Standing room only, the most crowded oh, yeah. game you well, see at Mon all year. Well, it already is standing room only like for the rest of the season. All I'm the not, other games are. But I, I would be willing to put money on the fact that there are probably going to be people that sneak into that to that arena at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah, but I mean, it's I mean, yeah, just that's a good problem. Well, to the have concept of hockey. like seeing a Big Ten team at Mon in general is kind of crazy, or like a Big Ten tournament game. I mean. It's like um, Big Ten team at Mun. No, I mean you. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. But like a tournament game at Mun is already a foreign concept because I'm thinking about it now. We this is our third season on the beat, Ryan for Ryan and I at least. What was it? So first season was COVID year, and that year they did it all at Notre Dame, right? Yes, postseason, right? Yeah. It was all in South Bend. We didn't even go. Uh, then last year, oh boy, uh, that was the two games at Yoast, where they got to take on. It was the MSU team that lost like what fourteen of the last fifteen games in the season. Yeah, they had a twelve game losing streak near the end. Too. Yeah, no, it was thirteen at one point, and they broke it. It was thirteen. It was thirteen. They oh, broke it against God. Penn State. Yeah, um, the last the senior night they broke it. Thank goodness they won that game. Who? Yeah, and then they but then they went in, you know, got the bricks beaten off them at Yost twice in a row. So yeah, oh that game was wild. But um, yeah, so it was a. Yeah, just an absolute browbeating at, at Yoast and then COVID year. So to see one at Mud would be bonkers, especially where we're at at this point a year ago. To know, oh, my gosh. Asking yeah. if MSU would ever win another game again. Um, What a one-year flip. I know, man. It's so crazy. It's always fun. Who would have thought? Look at, look at us. It's always Who'd fun have to have perspective on that, but still. Just for personally speaking, to see a, a Big Ten playoff game at Mun before I graduate, I think would be fun. 
Yeah, I'm a little greedy for that, but I want that. I want that too. Definitely want that. Not knock on wood. I think that's gonna, that would be the most fun. We one. don't have wood as, in here. This is fake. I don't think this no, is real wood. Notre Dame is cool and all, but I think count. most important. <laughs> most important. Go over there. Yeah, get knock on that wood. Most knock important would be hosting at Mun. Just you know, for because I think that would be you know electric and all. Mm. But if, if you if I could like draw it up perfectly. Matchup wise, I think you know so Minnesota's obviously still getting the bye. You can probably throw in Ohio State Wisco first round, I guess, and then Penn State under Dame for the three six game. But four five Michigan Michigan State, yeah, would be electric. I want to see that. Yeah, I, need, I, I, I need, also think I need that now. The more I think about it, hosting at Mun is a necessity for Michigan State in the postseason. The impact the crowd in that arena has had on their regular season performance. I mean, you look at the worst slide they had, it's an entire month on the road. So going into the postseason, if you're going against the Michigan Wolverines, if you're Michigan State, you have to have that game at Mun. I don't know, but if we're talking specifically about Yost, though, they played well at Yost the one time they yeah. were there. But they lost in the end. In the end, but that was also a bunch of fluke bounces and stuff. I mean, I, I know you didn't get to see much of it because you were kind of uh, like looking over my shoulder for the game, but still, different story. My- I wasn't even Shout behind, out the crowd at Yost. I wasn't even behind one of the steel beams at the press box. I was behind a table that was behind the steel beam. Uh, we love we love press accommodations at Yost. Uh, the food was good. The food was all right. I don't know. It it was just funny just because it was such, it's just such an old building. It's a beautiful building, but the press box is just in such a weird spot. Yeah. To the people that are listening to this that are a little bit jealous of media members being able to go to games and cover them. Uh, Yost is that one place where we really aren't too lucky unless you are like Big Ten broadcast. Well, well unless we have another, unless it's a postseason game there we have to go to. Um, we didn't run it going back to Yost. Yeah. We're not going, not this season. Because next two games are uh, against Michigan. It's unless, Mon- unless it's Mon- and then Detroit. Yeah, doing Mon- the D. Yeah. And that's a fun one, though. LCA is a fun rank, though. I know. Ooh, Can't yes. wait. I have not been, I have not set foot into LCA. Ryan and I were there last year for the uh, for last year's duel in the D. Very fun. I prefer to not talk about it. But... Even though it was a 73 loss, it was still fun at points. Oh, MSU, yeah. MSU was in the game for most of the game up till like late in the second. Well, uh, we can, I'll, I'll go into more details about it later, but that's going to be a fun one, too, is to go to a duel in the D that, you know, where there are people... stakes. Well, sure, but like, you know, where MSU has a really good fighting chance where it's basically not just an away or like a home game for Michigan, so to speak, because, you know, there's MSU fans that actually or there's MSU fans are like paying attention and actually care about this MSU team. Frankly speaking, I know that's a little blunt, but still, um, you know, it's MSU team that's good. And, you know, people that aren't going to watch just, you know, the Fab Five or whatever it was of, of Fab Four, I guess, of Michigan's high draft picks from last year. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know. That's its own thing. So, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I would love to see Michigan-Michigan State first round best of three series at Mon Ice Arena. Ooh, would we'll be see. so electric. We'll see how it shakes out. We'll try to reference these uh, percentages and update you guys on who could place where. And in these next coming weeks, yeah. we we will keep, have teams yeah. eliminated from spots. Right now, every team has a uh, has a chance to finish one through seventh, still even though Wisconsin still is. pulling for that Wisco first spot. <laughs> Math is weird. That's why I don't one do it. One seed Wisco. One wack. seed Wisco now. Math is weird. That's why I don't do it. True. This is why we're journalism majors. Yes, that is true. Uh, so looking at schedule update in whole, though, because this season it's it's wrapping up fast, faster than you think. Michigan State only has four series left. It's only three games left at Mun. Yeah, only three home games left. So obviously this weekend it's going to Minnesota. The weekend after that, two home games against Notre Dame, and then one home game against Michigan, and then they go off to the duel in the D against Michigan, and then to round out the season, luckily for Michigan State, they travel to Wisconsin, so they have the easiest team a in the Big Ten to A bye week to rest up before well, playoffs. Well, I will we'll point see. out. It's at Wisconsin, and Wisconsin true, has true. Plus, some teams at true. home. Wisco has the, like, the, their patented, like, Random upset of a team they have no business beating just, just for the hell of it. Wisconsin has now had two wins at on their home ice against top 10 teams. One against Michigan in probably my favorite yes. of, all, of all time, like neutral favorite zone face-off empty net goal. Favorite empty net goal. Yes, fav- favorite empty netter. And then they also beat Ohio State. Yeah. So yeah. They got upsetability. We'll get to that, we'll get to that one in the pickums too. Yeah, a little we'll, bit. 
Well, uh, oh. we got a lot. Of, yeah, it's four weeks left. Wow, this is quick. And also, it's I, very I totally what? forgot to bring this up during uh, when we were previewing Minnesota. Minnesota's beaten Michigan State 11 times in a row. Yep. Last time they did it was our freshman year. Last time Michigan State won. Wow. Was our freshman year. And what was the streak? Michigan State versus Michigan. Can anybody remember it that? It was six in a row, I believe. Six. So it wasn't that crazy. But no, because Michigan they State broke once. that streak. True. Boom. So Michigan State going to break this streak against Minnesota. I will look this up. I'll oh. have both. Um, so before the that first game, that game in December, the last time Michigan State had won was January 2021. So that would have made it, uh, yeah, six in a row for Michigan. Okay. Uh, but then... Um, 11 of the last 12 before that, though, for Michigan. That's, okay, that's the number. 11 yeah, 11 of the last 12. 12 for Michigan, and now for this series, it's... It's 11 in a row for Minnesota. 11 in a row for Minnesota, so... That's not great. Michigan State, they got a... Not good, Jim. They broke, a, they broke one negative streak. They're going to break another one this weekend. Yeah, last Michigan State win was uh, February 8th, 2020, uh, so pre-COVID. Right before, before COVID hit, yeah, yeah. A 4-2 win for Michigan State at Minnesota. Um, so that makes it though. Uh, what was this? Thirteen of the last fourteen for the Gophers. It is a new MSU. True. That's They're gonna they, break it. That's what they were saying. Boom. So uh, I already updated the Big Ten standings for you guys, but I'll update the uh, USCHO rankings of Big Ten teams. Number two, Minnesota, checking in at number six, Penn State. Number seven, Michigan. Number eight, Ohio State. Michigan State sitting at fifteenth, and then Notre Dame. Still not, uh, still not ranked, but they're third in receiving votes. I'm, so they're I'm just still, chilling around there. I still think, uh, hot take, I guess. Penn, I still think Penn State's a little fraudulent, but that's me. Whoa. Whoa. Well, I'm bringing I, back my Penn I State haven't fraud. heard those talks I'm bringing back the Penn State fraud narrative. Since October, early November. I'm bringing back Jeez. the Penn State fraud narrative. Flip-flopping <laughs> more than UM Ohio State rankings here. Honestly. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm bringing back my Penn State's frauds narrative. I don't know. They uh, they just haven't <laughs> been that like all that impressive, honestly. Um, at least the times I've watched them play, I don't know. That's me. Mm. I mean, they're good. They I mean, yeah, aside, got... aside from a third period collapse, Michigan State was or yeah, Michigan State was basically a minute away from uh, sweeping them on the year four four times in a row. I mean, Penn State's got the highest odds to get second in the Big Ten, which I don't really get. I don't know. I'm they, not, they I'm got not a, a fan. Thirty nine percent chance. For I'm second, not a fan the of the way. way they play. I don't think it's gonna. It's like conducive at least to you know. Long term, at least success, you know, as the season slows down and stuff. Because, I mean, they've also now, the second half of the season is kind of where you really kind of start to figure out teams. Mm-hmm. Who's who's really got that dog in them, who does not. Um, not Especially when you go through that second half of the schedule and, you know, teams have film on you and stuff. And start the year, Penn State's lost three or four. So... I don't know. If sure that is true. They, I, I think the Notre Dame loss is more concerning than anything uh, losing to Penn, uh, Michigan State. True, which is what I mean. What was the score that two uh, one? Okay, but it's just it's Notre Dame who really has surprised me because they they seem to start the season off pretty, you know, pretty much as a threat. You saw, I mean, their series against Michigan State in South Bend was eye opening to say the least, but now they're not even ranked. Yeah, they've, they they've kind of five zero in one of the games. Yeah, they've spent their fair share of time floating around twenty in the rankings, mm-hmm. as they should. So, uh, yeah, that's is it. Pick them time. Yeah, I think take it. Take it away, Stincy. It's pick. Please, time. No I got more. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, something I thought was funny that I'm gonna uh, last week I made a joke about this um, because I purposely went to pick different from Ryan last week because Ryan and I were tied at what 38 i think um heading into last week and so i I purposely made sure to pick different um i had two splits i think for mine yeah i I had two splits for mine uh i chose i picked notre dame to split with penn state and i picked michigan to split with minnesota um what i might do is uh, sorry to cut you off i might try to find that clip of you saying it and like put it right here in this segment i might if we got it if we got it, it is it's right here if we got it roll the clip i'm looking at these parlays now uh I'm calling it now. The way this is going to go. Uh, so the splits are going to hit for me, correct? Uh, but Ryan, So that means I would take two points up on Ryan. But then Ryan's parlay of Western and Mankato is going to hit. Um, so that's two points for him. And so we're mm. going to be back here at the same time tied again at the same score next week. Because that's just how the world works. Yeah, so straight up though. 
I went, I made sure to go purposely different from Ryan because I'm like, we've been tied for so many weeks now, or it's yeah. been like a one point difference for so for like this entire season. We need some sort of separation, so I'm picking different. Mine, my two split picks both hit, but then I joked like, watch, you know, Ryan's parlay hit on the other end, and because he picked he had a two two teamer, so I'm like, watch it, his hit and mine not, and we're back to square one, and we're both tied still. And guess you'll never happened, guess guys. what happened. Uh, but yeah, so recapping the week, uh, we all picked Ohio State to split with Wisco, or I mean to sweep Wisco. Didn't happen. Uh, so nobody got points for that one. Uh, I'm the only one that predicted Notre Dame to split with Penn State, so I got a point for that. And I'm also the only one to pick Michigan splitting with Minnesota, so I got a point for that one as well. Uh, for the pick, so I, I'm the only one. I got two points on the Big Ten pickums. But as for the locks of the week, uh, Ryan is the first one to get one in Lord knows how long. <laughs> way too long. It's been way too long. Woo! But Ryan finally hit. Um, just a little two-teamer. He picked Minnesota State to sweep Lake State. And then he picked Western to sweep Colorado College. Uh, and those both hit. Not uh, Philip and I did not. So we didn't get bonus points. Uh, so totals for the week, though. Uh, Ryan gets two. I get two. And Phillips uh, falls further behind with zero. I was going to say, there, I think there I was, joked, there was a joke about that too. I said that too. Was I was like, I was oh, making yeah, a joke of, you know, <laughs> Ryan and I are going to still be tied and Phillips is going to fall a little further behind this week, calling it now. The, it was, or whatever. So I was going to say, there was one name uh, curiously absent from the recap of all the points being earned. Yeah, earn <laughs> points. It didn't happen. Earn points and you'll get named. Uh, but yeah, so bring the totals though to this week then, uh, Ryan and I are still tied at (laughs) even 40 points a piece and Phillips, like I said, falls a little further behind. Uh, he's still at 35. If my parlay hits this week, no spoilers in terms of what it is, but, uh, I'm coming for first if it hits. Mm, Okay, buddy. If it hits. (laughs) So I, the, I, I say that with my ad, my Norfolk Admirals jersey going on. For the, oh, not the best that's luck. Solid. This he's got a big. He's got a little big parlay here. He's got a, that a six pointer. <laughs> he's got a little big parlay. He's got a six pointer this week. Sheesh. It's all hits. So yeah, but that's that's the big if if it hits. Good luck. But uh, we'll start off with the first one, I guess. Then um, first up, uh, everyone's favorite Big Ten teams um, that we all know so much about and can very consistently bet on and never burn us ever. Uh, Wisconsin at Notre Dame. I've got a split here. I am, you know, you would think on paper Notre Dame's going to win this, but I am banking on A, Wisconsin to be, or to pull off the whole uh, split against the team they have no business beating for whatever reason, uh, as they've done, and they did last weekend even. Uh, And then I'm also banking on Notre Dame to remain being incredibly mid. So I've got a split on this one. I have a split as well. No in-depth analysis is going to be provided by me on this. I think Wisconsin has a chance to pull out a win at Notre Dame against them because they have also, in my eyes, been very, very mid. So Wisconsin, they're good for one against Notre Dame. Give me the split. See, first of all, Wisconsin has the audacity to be last in Big Ten standings with a W for their logo. The irony. Anyway... I would agree with your reasoning that Wisconsin has it in them to win against a team they have no reason to beat. But the game is in South Bend. Wisconsin has not won a game against a Big Ten team on the road. Their wins against Mm -hmm. Big Ten teams have always been on their home ice. So I think they just played an atmosphere and give me Notre Dame. Personally speaking, my only take on that is... I don't think uh, Compton is quite the same level of, uh, you know, fortress, so to speak. It's not quite the same level of home ice advantage, I think, that you'll find in the rest of the Big Ten. That's just my personal take. It, Hot takes this week. Mm-hmm. It's not really that. I don't. It's not really that Notre like the, Dame's going to have a down season like this for them too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, generally speaking, even when MSU was the worst team in the Big Ten, repeatedly, Compton was still like one of the weird rinks. Like they would still be able to go and have success in. Yeah, they would they always play close games at Compton for some reason. Mm-hmm. I just I just doubt Wisconsin fans would travel well to Indiana for this. And again, <laughs> they haven't they have not won a game against a Big 10 team on the road. The so. only the fans don't need to travel. The only thing that needs to travel are the goals and I think Wisco's going to get more than Notre Dame on one of those nights. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. That's it, though. Moving on. Luck, uh, luck of the Irish. Sure. Uh, we'll move on to next. Ryan's gesturing at me. You, you, might, you, mind if I, you mind if I set him up? Oh, yeah. You want to set him up? Yeah, I like set him up. Go for I, it. That's just my one thing. It is number six, Penn State Nittany Lions, traveling to Yosai Serena, take on the number seven ranked Michigan Wolverines. Stency, who you got? I have a split again. Um, I'm picking Michigan splits until further notice. Um, as long as they're not starting their third string goalie at left wing, uh, I Michigan has split every conference series otherwise so far. So I'm banking on the same thing to happen again. Got a split. Phillips, you got? I've also got a split. These are two really good teams. Play a little bit different styles of hockey, but overall, I think neither is truly superior over the other. For me, split to two pretty evenly matched teams. They've been splitting often. Obviously, Penn State didn't split against Michigan State two weeks ago, but most of the the uh, series this year or the second half of the college hockey season have been splits for both teams. So going with the splits, so splits across the board there, easy peasy. And then the matchup of the week, if you are a green and white fan, it is number 15, Michigan State traveling to Minnesota to take on the number two ranked Golden Gophers. Since who we got. We're talking matchup of the week here. It's, I don't know. I, if, it's you're, not, if you're a Michigan State fan, it's matchup of the week. I mean, Easy I, setup for I that. mean, I guess, but it's not the most optimis, optimism inspiring of matchups. Mm. Minnesota, like, like we're saying, Minnesota's just on another level. I, I, I know Michigan State's good, and they played well last week against Penn State, and they showed what they're capable of against some top teams, but Minnesota's just on a different level from Penn State and every other team in the Big Ten. They're just so well-coached. They're so well-rounded, top to bottom. They have the talent. They have the coaching. They have the defense. I don't think Michigan State's going to be able to pull it off, especially on the Olympic sheet. Give me a minute. Oh, sorry. Minnesota sweep. First, uh, to get the like hyper-optimists uh, mad at me, Minnesota has never been swept this season, so uh, zero chance Michigan State sweeps. Uh, if they do, you know, I'll eat my words. That's what we didn't say zero chance that Michigan State was going to sweep Penn State, but we never gave it a thought as well, and they did. But mm. we said That's, it was po- well. We said it was possible, like they, but it was the way that they were playing that going into it yeah. that was the reason and Penn State and Minnesota are on two different levels. So Stinsey's yeah. also not saying Minnesota is fraudulent. No Penn State on they the are the hand. opposite. <laughs> no. Yeah. Penn, Minnesota, Minnesota is for real. Minnesota is as about as for real as you can get in this in all of college hockey. Yeah. And, and I think well, if everything goes perfect for Michigan State, they can take one. But I think Minnesota pulls out two at home. I'm, I, I never I realized I never even mentioned my boy uh, I never really gave gave a proper shout out to my boy Jimmy Snuggerud this nah, weekend. Geez. Damn, sorry. <laughs> you do you got the preview? You got a preview right this week? Yeah, I've got the preview on it. Is he in there? He's not listed as a player to watch. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, I would put line to watch month. and just put that top line. Well, yeah, the top Snuggerud that top line is going to be crazy. <laughs> that's the best. I think that's the best line in college hockey. Skaters yeah. to watch: Michigan State top line, Minnesota top line. I already did a whole piece line. on MSU's top line. Read that, by the way, on the website, impact89fm.org. Shameless uh, plug. Well, yeah, Not it's even my, It's self-promo. Just, I got to do it. Yeah. Just, who else is going to promote for me? Go read some content. Exactly. Um, Riyad? But, Bad joke. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> still, you know, uh, I think, though, that Minnesota has the best line in college hockey uh, with yeah. Nyes, Cooley, and Snuggerud. It's so good. They're they're just on the yeah, Western Michigan's top line gives Westerns them a run ha- Westerns for their money. the only one that's like in contention with yeah. what McAllister and that that top line there. Yeah, I forget. I the forget third, the, the third guy put. isn't the same caliber as the other two guys. I I'm blanking on their names. Sorry, but I wish I knew the, them. But, but, Minnesota's but yeah, Minnesota is just such a good team that, too, and they're good. doing it. That line's doing it night in night out against the best teams in college hockey. Yeah, in the best conference at least. Um, but that line's just so good. Sorry. Uh, there's my there's my proper Jimmy Snuggerud shout out. Okay. Uh, we won't we won't move on to the part. Oh, I oh. got I got you. Yeah, right. you're yeah. about to skip Ryan. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. I, I need. I, I forgot need my, where we were at. I need my sadly two points. I think there is a huge possibility that that Michigan State goes to Minnesota and takes the game. But to do that, they have to play 
I won't say a nearly flawless game. I'd say they got to play a flawless game. Dylan St. Cyr has to be on his game for 60 minutes straight. Michigan State cannot be making the mistakes they did against Minnesota early in December. Michigan State has to play a perfect game and force Minnesota to make mistakes to win a game. But with all that said, that's going to be tough to do. We've already talked in length about that. So for me, it hurts. It pains me to do this. But I'm picking Minnesota with the sweep at home. And I think the at home is the biggest thing. If this yeah. was somehow another series at Mun, which obviously doesn't happen in big time play, well, that's also the I thing, think they would have more of a chance. That's also the thing, too, about Minnesota's home rank is just the Olympic sheet changes a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like I know they were talking, like they were talking. Home ice advantage is big there. Yeah, well, it's just it's just a different, like literally the d- dimensions of the rink are different. Which I don't, I don't know I don't how get that's, how like, that's legal. But... Yeah, I don't get how that's possible. I mean, you don't but... have to get it. It's going away next year. Good. Is it actually? Yeah, they're putting more seats in their arena, so they're they're Good. resizing the the rink to be Minnesota's normal. Size. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what size. it is. Minnesota's or, cheating, that's and they're what finally getting well, called. Well, it's not that because it's not that it's not like really that different. I played in Olympic sheets myself number of times it doesn't it's change wider on both sides by like t- yeah then something like that Ooh, but like half, I, don't I don't know they're talking about immediate availability as far as like how it affects the game plan and it really doesn't all that much but um nightingale's whole thing was like you know with that extra ice outside you can kind of you can kind of fall in love with that on offense and then you can also kind of overextend a lot on defense getting lost out in that in that ice out there um and you're saying, you know, the game's going to be played between the dots because the measurements between the dots are still the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where Michigan State likes to fire their most offensive chances. Yeah, but so it's going to be like making sure that they stay disciplined and, you know, really focus on um, just, yeah, playing within the dots. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that is our uh, that's our Big Ten pickums of the week. Uh, it's May... Well, uh, looking at it, unfortunately, Stinsy and I picked the same. Sorry, I I was gonna go with the all splits, but I I, I just had to go with Minnesota. what I just had to go with what was gonna happen. You know? Yeah, true. So uh, the only the only different pick is uh, Phillips going Notre Dame sweep instead of split against Wisco. But that I was is... thinking of adding the Notre Dame sweep, but then I changed my mind because, uh, like I said, Notre Dame very mid. Mm-hmm. Wisco also very mid. Yes, but they Wisco, have no, not very mid, very bad. Muy mal. Below mid. But Shout also, out two years of Spanish. Yeah, you know the thing. Only two years? But moving on, though. Yeah, we're we're spending too much time on this. Did you uh, have to take more than two years of Spanish? Or yeah. did you just take more than two? Had, well, uh, How many years did you take? Too many. <laughs> How do, what's, what is Spanish for uh, let's get to the parlays? <laughs> um, here, let that me wasn't a genuine up. question. No, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, the parlay stitsy go ahead of yours, my guy. <laughs> okay, so for mine, I am adding in here. Uh, we got the Battle of Boston, uh, a home and home series, Boston College versus Boston University. Uh, I got the Terriers in the sweep here. Um, I've got also uh, newly ranked number one St. Cloud. Who's changing my pickums <laughs> on the th- <laughs> Uh, it's Phillips. It's not me. What? I'm not touching anything. Okay, that's well, I'll get there in a second. If they were, um, <laughs> sorry, I'll get there in a second. They're messing with me on the on my computer bad. right now. Um, so I, I said BU over BC. Um, I have newly ranked number one St. Cloud Ooh. Uh, sweeping Minnesota Duluth in Duluth. Even um, we got the uh, was it the Governor's Cup, which is a, the Battle of Alaska, basically Alaska Fairbanks versus Alaska Anchorage. I got the Nanooks uh, Fairbanks. Um, and then the one that y'all keep messing with. It's not me, but doing, I just saw this. What? We're doing it, uh, you know. Why, though? For the why? usual style of uh, tournaments that we do here for parlays. Um, for a four-team tournament, we're doing it three points. If if it hits and you get it right, because you technically have to predict three games correct to get that right, um, then you get the um, you get three points for getting it right. So the tournament that we're talking about now, uh, speaking back of callbacks to last week's episode, uh, where we had a little conversation about where Sacred Heart was, um, and we learned it was in Connecticut. Connecticut. Uh, there's a tournament this weekend of just all of the D1 Connecticut teams, uh, which is Sacred Heart, number 12 UConn, Yale, and then number three Quinnipiac, um, all playing each other in a little four-teamer. So that's going on this weekend. Ryan was trying to change my pick on here to Yale, what? No. who has won three games all season. <laughs> uh, Me trying to tamper with the pick No. When in reality, the pick I'm taking in this one is 
Quinnipiac, third-ranked team. They just lost two in a row last weekend, but I got faith they'll come back. So, yeah, that's my recapping. B over BC, St. Cloud over Duluth, uh, Alaska Fairbanks over Alaska Anchorage, and then Quinnipiac to win the uh, SNY Connecticut Ice Tournament. So you got one, two, three, six A possible six-teamer if it all hits. Wow, you guys are going crazy. Yeah, but that puts me firmly in first place. Yes, that is true. All right, is it my turn? Yes. All right. I also have a potential six points on the line for parlay, but I'm going a little bit Ooh. riskier here. My, my picks are my picks are highly questionable. Very. Um, I'll start with the solid pick, which is St. Cloud over Minnesota Duluth. I mean, St. Cloud really stuck it to Denver. I don't see – honestly, I don't see why, Ryan, you don't have this locked. I'm good. Duluth's brother. a solid team. Yes. Yeah, but St. Cloud is – they, they're really good. St. Cloud is really good. Uh, going in descending order towards the shakiest pick, I I guess I've also got Quinnipiac to win the that Connecticut Invitational. I don't quite know if that's the second most solid pick, but I've just I've wanted to pick Quinnipiac for a while. I was good. That I wrote that at the top of the of the document. Yeah, where is we that you finally want to pick like, QPAC? Yeah, you want to pick QPAC? Guess what? They just lost two in a row. Uh, but they got tournament this week, so I I don't see them, I I I see them changing their luck. Especially, I mean, the only team that scares me in that is, is UConn. Is UConn, but I'm still not too shot in the head with UConn either. Yeah, so. U- UConn has also lost their fair share of games that they really shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, moving on, I've got number nine Western Michigan hosting Omaha. I mean, I, there's not really much I can say. Western ranked nine. Broncos country. Yeah. <laughs> Finally going back to We Ride. It has been a while since I've actually picked Western in the parlays. Uh, we Ride this week. And in probably my shakiest pick, I have Merrimack traveling to Vermont and sweeping them. I liked what I saw of Vermont, but I think, I mean, Merrimack just better. They're ranked number 16. Vermont not ranked. And had to pull out some shootout stuff against uh, recent weeks against teams that I, I don't think they faced someone ranked. Uh, I, I I forget who they were actually facing, but uh, I forget. Hold on, I can look this up. I mean, maybe they got that dog in them. Oh, they're playing Boston College. Yeah, I mean, so it's not not they weren't playing a bad team, but Boston College is Boston College ranked. was ranked last week. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and then they're Vermont twenty like second now ish. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, they actually are sweet. That was just a guess. That's cool. As far as votes go, they're not actually ranked, but they were, yeah. I also think, uh, oh, wait, no, I think that's Western that's on a win streak. Western's on, I think, it's like a six-game win streak, too. So Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Merrimack uh, at Vermont because I kind of got to get risky and go for points here. I figured I might as well. You got one? Did you already talk about the Q-Pack? Yes, that was the second pick. Okay, bet, bet. I just, I just want to make sure. I'm, I mixed not up my order a little there. bit. Ryan's getting really risky. A, he's not betting on this tournament. Uh, B, he's not betting on St. Cloud. Yeah. C, he's betting on the Atlantic Conference. Yeah. Something, so, uh, something I've made a personal vow to stay away from. I got some explaining to do. I didn't pick the uh, the Connecticut tournament because I would have picked Hupac, but their recent two losses were kind of like, well, I did not see that coming at all. I could I could easily see them bounce back and win this, but with uh, competition like UConn and Sacred Heart is still like you know like thirty out of sixty in the rankings or something like that. They're they're a team that could give Q back a run for their money, but I'm not picking that. I'm staying away from that. That's hard to predict. We learned that um, on the one podcast that unfortunately didn't get up with uh, a couple tournaments around the holiday break. We both or we all got all of them wrong. But then the other one that you guys both got and I do not have, St. Cloud State at Minnesota Duluth. Minnesota Duluth has that dog in them. Their mascot is the Bulldog. At home, they got that dog in them. Ten wins on the season, eight of them at home. St. Cloud State is going to be riding off the high against Denver. They are not going to be ready for the Bulldogs at home. That's why I'm not touching that. I'm going with a two-leg parlay. I'm going with the weird-as-heck Atlanta Conference matchup. It's the number 19 RIT Tigers at Holy Cross. Give me the Tigers to sweep that. That's yeah, no, that's I'm I'm scared of that. Definitely scared of that. But I'm like I said, just a two leg parley. Give me Alaska 
over uh was what is Alaska Alaska Fairbanks Alaska Fairbanks over Alaska Anchorage. Yes. Even though that is that a home and home? Yes. Okay. Yep. That's why I'm going with that. Give me the Nanooks. Their logo is beautiful. Go it look is. it up. It's crispy. I would. I want it on like a nice sweatshirt. Right. I was looking right to buy now. one of them. Honestly. Yeah. I honestly like an old hat or something. Mm-hmm. Now, if there, cool. if there's any so non Big Ten team me. I'm buying merch from, I, you you guys already know what it is. Roll, roll beavers. We're going Bemidji. Bemidji. Why Bemidji? Why? I mean, Why not LIU? Their honestly, stuff looks sick. Honestly, if I was I just, getting, if I was picking any, I might lean BU. I would get Bemidji merch just to have a beaver like the terrier like the, jer- the jersey. You're talking well, about? Well, just like a, I don't know, like a not the jersey necessarily, but like the BU logo is nice. It's got the little dog on it. I don't like their logo now. We should do a podcast where we pick the best logo. We're just doing just doing a power ranking of like best logo to worst, and that, that's really what we should have done on the bye week. That yeah, that is what we should have done. Gosh dang. Missed opportunity. Just a power ranking of like every jersey in college hockey. <laughs> Maybe if we get bored and find time, but uh, like if you've ever seen the hot take, LIU is not number one. Like you see the the lists online of ranking the NHL reverse retros. That's what we do, but for college hockey, LIUs could be one True. if they didn't have the black pants and helmet with it. I don't like the way that looks. I love. No, I think they have the a white jersey helmet. itself. It's a white helmet. The jersey is nice, but the pants make mess it up for me a little bit. Well. We won't go too winded on this, but my my top two, not looking at it, is LIU's full kit and then Notre Dame's full kit. But okay. I, I put I can, Notre Dame's I can full kit Notre Dame. over LIU. Someone that we need to respect a little bit, as much as they've been disrespected on this podcast, for the uniforms at least, Nodak. Yes, I was thinking that too, yeah. They have to be. That's up there. Yeah, I think that I think that's good. Yeah, we won't. Okay, yeah, that could be uh, well, that could be a whole another that's hour. Enough, that's enough I got, uniform I got talk. To, I got a dog to get home and take care of. I yeah. I love you, Willow. So, I'm gonna be there soon. Uh but yeah, this it. weekend, Michigan State going to Minnesota. Unfortunately, we will not have any game coverage, but we will have a preview up courtesy of Stincy. Yep, that should be up tomorrow. That should be up if this podcast is up. It should be up as well. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be. We'll have we'll have a ton of content next weekend when Michigan State has a host uh, Notre Dame rather Jesus uh, but this week yeah not much not much stuff coming out from us but uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Behind the Mask is actually episode 14 of season 11 I, I wanted to note that because I never pay attention to the numbers ever but uh, thank you guys so much for listening to season 11 episode 14 of Behind the Mask from Reiner Dosevich, Jacob Stinson and Jacob Phillips in the studio you guys have a good one